What's happening, people? Thank you very much for downloading and pressing play on season two, episode number 10 of the Over the Hill podcast. Don't forget to share, follow and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to or watching on it really help us out. And it would also ensure that you don't ever miss an episode. On today's show, I sit down with the one and only DJ Vital, who runs one of the best music accounts on Instagram, in my opinion, House Garage Classics. Do make sure to go and check that out. But before you do, enjoy this episode of DJ Vital. We sit down and discuss everything from pirate radio, record shopping, clubland, the full work. So turn it up and enjoy season two, episode number 10 of the Over the Hill podcast with my special guest, DJ Vital. You are now listening to the Over the Hill podcast. Season 2, episode number 10 of the Over the Hill podcast. Special guest, the man with the uh, probably the best Instagram account that I've seen in years. Uh, Thank you, mate. Thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely superb. Also, definitely got one of the best um, record collections you'll ever see, I reckon. Just just from the snippets that he gives us online. One and only DJ Vital. DJ Vital on the podcast today. Mate, thank you so much, first of all, for listening and showing support to the podcast. But thank you for being there, man. How are you doing? No, I'm really good, mate. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks, uh, and thanks for inviting me on, obviously. But I've been listening, I've been listening to this. Uh, I started listening to your podcast a little while ago. I think that's Sly Saison. I was the first one I listened to, who I kind of know as well. Yeah. So um, I thought I'd never listen to that. And then Wes Wynn, um, Spinny B, I think I listened to. Ricky D was really good as well. So I was always interested to listen to that, you know, that um, ISFM. Yep. Because that's one of them stations, because I'm, I'm, I'm from Essex, so... I never used to really hear that station because I could pick up some of the East London stations from around this way. But I could never get, because that's over West, wasn't it? So yeah, I could yeah. never, I was always, it was just good to listen to that, to um, hear about where it was and all the sort of different stories and everything. Yeah. yeah. The good thing is with a lot of that stuff now is as me and Ricky were talking about, a lot of it's actually up on YouTube. Loads of the old ice sets yes. are up. So yeah, it's good to go back. And I mean, yeah. there's there's stations from East um, and, I, and I live in Deep South and I never, well, I used to live in Deep South. I'm in Central now, but um, I never used to be able to get like Freak FM and stations like that. So it's good to be able to yeah, go back yeah. and listen to all that kind of stuff Definitely, as well. You know? Yeah. You get all the mixed guys as well these days, can't you? A lot of the old sets like EZ when he was on there and so all, all the other DJs. So it's pretty, yeah, it's decent. Yeah, so talking of um, old pirate radio days, and you know, obviously you said you, you're from Essex. How did you get into into DJing, and what were some of your early influences? Because I've got to be honest, mate. Like when you post clips up, on, yeah. on your Instagram, literally when I tell you, like my style of house and garage, one hundred and ten percent. Like so, for me, I'm interested in, you know, wh- what was the early influences and early sounds for you, and how did you start amassing this? Was clearly a ridiculous record collection. Right, so to be honest with you, I started off. I think like when I, back going back to when I was at school, like pretty when I was about 13, 14, I was I was into like a, more of the hardcore sort of stuff, like you know, like the early hardcore, happy art, even happy hardcore. I used to fold the tape packs, all that sort of stuff. And um, I started me and my mates at school. We used to always, like um, like we're always swapping tapes. Like I don't know, if it was like LSD and all these other DJs. And then I started thinking, I started going record shopping down in, because I'm from a place called Wickford, which is sort of Basildon sort of area. And um, I went down to South End, they had three record shops down there. So I go down and after school, get a train down, it's only about 20 minutes away, start doing a bit of record shopping down there, like the three record shops I had. And uh, that was what I was into to start with. And then I started getting into more of the sort of drum-based jungle stuff in sort of 94, 95. And then my, me and my brother, I've got a brother who's three years younger than me, and we... Um, he managed to get all of these, these like, they're like all in one sort of decks. 
almost like a controller type thing. But they were called like Murphy meters, I think they were called. And there's like two little turntable type things we could play records on, and this little mixer type thing. But it was, weren't the best, obviously. But that's what we started on all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, so it was playing a bit of drum and bass, and then we all saw this Call cool FM documentary, uh, which was on uh, around I reckon about ninety four, ninety five, around that time. And we we started like really, I was, I was just obsessed with Pirate Radio from from that moment of watching that. And um, anyway, yeah, so. I was into the drum bass jungle kind of thing at the minute at that time, and then I uh, was buying, buying all these different tape packs. And then I bought um, a tape pack like Roasts, uh, Valentine's '96 tape pack, and it had six. It was, there was usually about eight tapes on um, every tape pack, and this one was six um, drum bass tapes. And then they had two from Room Two, which were Garage House and Garage, and it was uh, Daryl B and Steve Flight. And I listened to them, and I was like. I like a bit of this. And I was just really intrigued. After that, I was like, this is what I'm, I really much prefer that sort of soulful garage sound. And um, yeah, really from then on, I think, um, and then after that, I probably started hearing people like Paul Trouble Anderson, Bobby and Steve, uh, Tough Jam, because they were all on Kiss FM at the time. So I was just used to record their shows every week and then started going up, shopping up like in the West Ends, like uh, HMV Oxford Street, MASH, I think as well, yeah. on uh, Oxford Street. And then down into like the RV Street for like Uptown, um, Black Market, you know, Release the Groove, even Flying Records as well, which I think was Dean Street as well. But um, yeah, and that was really where I started buying records, really, around those, those sort of times. Back in the day when Soho was a place worth going to. Oh, um, I used to love it. I used to love it, honestly. Let <laughs> see it. It's mad you say it looking like that because um, Ricky D was exactly the same. He was talking about it on his episode where like he was always into the jungle, but then in the other room, that room too was the beginning of that Sunday scene. And that is yeah. literally for a lot of people who like listen to Garage later on, they don't realise that that's where it was born. You know, it was room two music. Definitely, yeah. Was a lot of US house sped up. and Exactly, you know, was, yeah. That was the birth of it. And I think that's like when you go back to the roots of it and you listen to some of the earlier us house stuff is even people that have only ever really heard uk garage when they go and listen to that they're like raw this sounds like garage it's like no this is literally yeah, exactly. this is like the actual like the the birth like do you know what i mean this is this yeah. is the gen the genesis or whatever of uk garage do you know what i mean That's so it, definitely, definitely. yeah no it's, it's it's interesting that so many people from from around the era got into the, got into the house and garage sound through that so um, no. Obviously, you said you, you were into pirate radio. Did you live in out where you were? There was there was some big stations coming out of Essex and East London. Did you did you get into DJing and getting onto pirate radio, or did it take a little while for you? It, well, it took a while because I was like, so the garage the garage scene when it was sort of ninety eight ninety nine. I was eighteen nineteen at the time, and um, I was going. I wasn't really going out, so I wasn't really DJing. I was buying records, but I weren't. I had a. I did. I, bought, I think I bought my first Technics around ninety eight. I was just basically a bedroom DJ having mates around, having a little mix-up. My brother as well, he was more of a drum and bass DJ, so was, but we used to have a little few mates around, having a mix-up, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, so basically, um, we are about, I think it must have been early 2000s. I can't remember who done it now. My brother, though, he managed to get hold of a rig, right? But it weren't it, just some basic thing. I don't even know where he got it from. I can't remember, right? Got it cheap, about 20, 30 quid or something. And it, we just, he, he was even more obsessed with pirate radios than me, I think, at the time. And, um, he whacked up the, the area when our mum's house, right? So um, we, had this, we had this flat roof and you could get up onto the top roof. So we put the area up there and just started playing about a bit and started, um, I'd get out of my car and just try and lock into this frequency. I think it was 994.0, I think at the time. 
And it was, I was picking up in the car, driving around Wickford and around Basildon and stuff like this. <laughs> See that fight went out. And um, yeah, it was just mental. And we started getting, um, we thought this was to start playing around with, but we started getting people coming around. And we had a few guests coming down from London. And my mum had no ideas. <laughs> she still doesn't even know this state. She had a radio station in her, in her house. But, um, and we started, um, yeah, basically um, did that for a few months. Just a bit, we had some drum bass on there, some garage, and a couple of mates come down and DJ as well. A few guests, obviously. And uh, they went on for a little while. We were just always so paranoid about getting caught up because we had no, like, there's no microwave link or anything like that. It's just really basic setup. Yep. We did that for a few months, I think. But then that was, that was my first pirate radio station I went on to, funny enough. Because there, there was a few others. There was Charge FM, which was based in Basildon. There was Elite FM as well, which was quite a big station at the time. But um, yeah, after Logic, I had a bit of a taste for it. That was a own station. And then uh, we, I, I, we both got onto Charge FM and it went from there, really. And then, then um, after that, Y2K, um, they had a station in London, didn't they, up in Holloway. Yeah, like so way. yeah, originally they were like Camden, Holloway, that sort of area. Yeah, Cal- yeah. Uh, Cali Road all around there. But then, um, yeah, obviously, as everyone knows, everyone who's who's seen the documentary knows that they ended up out yeah. in South End. But yeah, they were in yeah, exactly, for a yeah. bit as well. I know that for a fact, so. Yeah. But we got, um, I, was on, yeah, I was on this, as I say, I was on Charger Femme, and I heard about this station coming down, like Y2K, it's going to be Y2K Essex. And you know, obviously it was Kidar and Beats. And um, I went to a meeting down there, down in South End, and I thought, yeah, well, it sounds like it's going to be a big station. So I thought, so I basically switched over there. And it was me and my brother as well was going back to back on the station at the time. We just did a show once a week. Um, that was going on for a while. It was a good station, to be fair. It was doing all right. I had a few club nights going and stuff like that. So that was, yeah, that was pretty decent. So you didn't you didn't make it into a Tower Block Dreams documentary, no? I never got on that. <laughs> but funny enough, I was up on the the few times I ended up on the roof, like helping out because we sometimes I'd do like a midweek show, like a Wednesday or Thursday night. I'd be on there like ten till twelve, and at the end of the show they'd say, right, come, come here, help us come up on the roofs and take all the aerial down or whatever. But yeah, I've never, I've never got a documentary. Yeah, no, no, definitely <laughs> no, best best avoided, mate. I don't think anyone <laughs> yeah. came out too well on that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it was a big station. Um, it was it, obviously the original version of it was bigger when it was in London. Yeah. You had a heartless crew and everyone else. Heartless crew, like yeah. That. But, um, so, no, you're, you're talking like what, early 2000s, 102? Yeah, probably 2002, I'd say, around that time, maybe 2003. Yeah, so obviously around that time as well, something you might agree with me on, obviously the music changed. Did you find yes. yourself kind of falling out of love with what, what, what Garage had become? Because it had definitely yeah. moved away from the soulful 4-4 sound you had i love the grimier stuff when it changed like yeah. wookie storm and tunes like that but it, it yeah, was of course it wasn't what it was do you know what i mean did you find yourself going through a little bit of a change of moving more i did yeah I'll be, I'll be honest yeah i, I did so, i mean I'll, I'll be honest with you i did buy some grime i started some of the early got some some of the early stuff like um like lb like lb yeah um jay flex all that sort of ghost records that sort of stuff i bought quite a lot of that stuff and then it started going a bit, and obviously Wookiee, tracks like Storm, uh, Far East, yep. all those sort of tunes. I was buying all that stuff as well, which I didn't really like. It was really good, well produced as well. And some of the early grime I did buy for a little while, but then I, it weren't really for me, to be truthful. And there were still a few other tracks coming about from like Cole Brown and um, Cole Brown and LB. That, they were doing a few tracks together as well on yep. two tough few records. So I was buying a few of the 4-4 four, four bits as well. But yeah, I thought it went a bit downhill to be truthful. And I was, I've always been into Soulful House, US Garage, that sort of sound from the late, late 90s anyway. So 
I started, yeah, just started buying a lot more soulful house around pre 2004, I'd say, around that time. So, yeah, that's what started moving over to that. And I, yeah, luckily enough, I bought a lot of that stuff in the 90s anyway, like a lot yeah. of masterwork, Kerry Chandler, um, loads of, I don't know, Ron Trent, people yeah. like that. Yeah, plenty of that stuff was crossover. Obviously, yeah. a big one would be MK, massive crossover artist. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, you know, people always love to play push the feeling and talk about it as like some sort of UK garage classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a house, it's a house track. It's from the Amer- it's from America. Um <laughs> But, but yeah, man, I mean, I got into, I was first on radio around 04, 05 and obviously Garage had kind of died, but I still had such a big like Garage music collection and, you know, myself, I was, I was still playing it, but I kind of, I met, funnily enough, I met Cy Says um, on on a station called World FM. He used to play on a Saturday afternoon and he used to play like two sets after me, but I was such a... I was such a pirate radio fanboy that I used to stay in the studio after my set on a Saturday afternoon, oh, listen, really? to, listen to the next DJ. And then after them, Sire would come in and do like a six to eight. And I used to sit and just chill with Sire, smoke, yeah. weed, smoke weed on the sofa and just listen to him. Yes. play. And such an early influence for me. Yeah. And he was playing like the early Dennis Ferrer stuff and yeah, Frank Roger, um, Quentin yeah. Harris, like all of that proper US stuff. And he was also playing a lot of Afro stuff. Uh, yeah. And a lot of stuff from UK producers, fanatics, and and so on and so forth. Yeah, um, yeah. with with all of the early stuff that they did. So yeah, for me, similar path, mate. Getting straight into that US album. Um, an album that changed my life was probably Dennis Ferrer, "The World yeah. as I See It." Um, Great album. Yeah. What are some of your favourite records from that time? Because for me, I mean, Soulful House has never really gone away. But for me, that 04 to like 07, 08 time it, yeah. was incredible. What was it like it for you? Great, some great records then. Um, some of my favourite records around that time. I mean, I loved a lot of the real, real soul stuff. Some of these, uh, I get a feeling on the Hustle Music. One of my yeah. favourites, one of my all-time favourites actually, was a Kerry Chandler remix on the same label, Hustle Music, called um, Addicted. And he'd done a remix. I can't think of the vocalist now, but it was really good. So I was getting a lot of that stuff at the time because around that time I was I, I moved into House FM, and uh, one of the uh, part owners of the station what was I think he owned half the label Puzzle Music I think as far as I know so um, I was getting a few bits from that label anyway but um, what else I'm just trying to think some yeah, of the Frank Rogers stuff the people involved in House FM have had fingers in various different pies yeah, quite famously so, for years like this yeah, it's yeah, incredible how much he's actually gone and done man it's, it's, yeah, it's mad yeah. uh, another one uh, Frank Rogers Me, Myself and I Another great track around that. I think that was around 2005. Absolute, and absolute anthem. Party John anthem. Cutler remix, John Cutler remix as well, wasn't it? The yeah. As well. They're both really good tunes, but yeah. Frank Roger, absolute levels. But yeah, no, me, myself and I, fucking hell. What a tune that is. What a tune. Yeah, no. A couple, that, of, uh, D- couple of DJ that. friends of mine will be doing the gun fingers right now for that. Yeah. <laughs> another, another one you've got to talk about, because you said mentioned the album, Dennis Ferrer, the... Um, how do I let go? Casey Brooks. Yeah, another great record. That one, probably top top five. Definitely. Yeah, top that's 10. up there. Isn't it? That's up there. It's, I've it's, still got both. I've still got both. Um, I've got two double packs of that album. Two upstairs. Yeah, no, it's, it's an incredible. It's an incredible album. You've got tracks on yeah, there. Like so you've got good. the other one, we're Run Free with Casey Brooks. Um, yeah. Underground is my home. Church Lady. <laughs> Yeah, all of them tracks are just absolutely phenomenal, man. Peter the J, obviously, is another one. It's just yeah, that's another yeah. Oh my god, that is an absolute (laughs) monster of a tune. And you know, nearly what we're 16, 17, 18 years on from it, you could play that in any house club now. 
Oh yeah, and the place yeah. would go bananas. Like it's just different gravy. Yeah, um, so yeah, you said you were on you were on House Affair. What sort of area was that based in around that time? That was like um, sort of Hackney area. Yeah. Right that way. How long was yeah, you? On? I was probably on there about three years because I was. I went, so I, was, I went on to rinse the before that, and then I moved over because I was more into this, moving to the Soulful House kind of sound. I, went, I thought that would be the, the better option for me to be on at the time. And um, yeah, so I was on there from probably early 2006 to about, yeah, I'd say about two and a half years, you know, to end of, maybe towards the end of 2008 I was on there till. Yeah, I was, I was I used to do, religiously back then to either house, passion or... Yeah. Uh, or point blank or unknown so uh, at yeah. one point i guarantee i would have heard you on there back in the day because i was like 27 yeah, tuned into them four stations man yeah <laughs> that's a good station it's a really good station and um i used to love it uh, so I, was, I used to do sunday afternoons like two till four p.m in the beautiful, afternoon. beautiful time for soulful house <laughs> yeah music, I, called it, I called it the vital, the vital soul sessions and i was yeah. playing just proper soulful house music every week and i used to love it yeah, I was on yeah, Fat Beats around that time and I did Sundays. Oh, yeah. yeah, I did Sundays five till seven and I did uh it was called the weekend wind down. So it was just like okay, yeah. pure soulful house for a Sunday evening, man, yeah, eating nice. e- eating your dinner, I mean just plotting up like yeah. you just finished watching you know Super Sunday or whatever. It's just yeah, <laughs> calm. Yeah, nice. um, so that was a been what would that have been eighty eight point six back then? So, it was, yeah, that's right. Yeah, eighty eight point six. Ever uh, ever get into any grief through pirate radio? Any trouble? Get pulled off air? No, do you know what? To be honest with you, I was quite lucky. I was always worried, a little worried. Back in the head, I was always a bit worried about getting, I was always just worried about losing my record collection. That's all, that's that's, all that's, mate, that's all it is. Going back to when I, get nicked, sorry. fuck it. I don't care as long as I keep my records. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's what I was ever worried about, losing my records. And um, no, I was quite lucky. I don't, I think I might, I think it might have like gone off air a couple of times like over the years. Like, all of a sudden, do you know what I mean? You can know, know you've been taken off, but um, thankfully, no studio raised while I was in there yeah. from a personal point of view. So I was lucky in that sense. Talking of studios, what was the uh, what was the quality of the studio like? Because around that sort of time, like 2004, 2005, people started to really up their game with the quality of these, yeah. What was it? What was well, the setup like down the house? Because I know they've always been super professional anyway. They were, it was really good actually. They had a, it was in a proper like a, like a business unit type thing. And it was just, yeah, it's a nice, nice setup, what you want, really. Yeah. So I've been in some proper dodgy setups over the years. So I've been on the stations I've mentioned, I've been on a lot more, just thinking of this one show or just bits and pieces, maybe someone's bedroom or someone's kitchen or, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. sort of thing. But going on, the first, I think, because I was on, I went on to Flavor FM as well, around probably 2004, I reckon. And that was in uh, East London. And that was my first experience of a really good studio, I'd say. And it was like in a, it's like in a porter cabin type thing. Yeah. And that was a really nice setup. And then after that, like Rinse, then House of Fame, and they were all really professional. And that's why like, after that, I was thought, I didn't really want to go back on the, some of the Essex stations to be honest, because <laughs> it was just so much, it was a bit of a different level to be truthful. I don't want to be funny or anything, but it's just, it's a bit of a yeah. different level. I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but Primetime was telling a story about when they had to go out to Effingham Junction in Surrey and it, the, the studio was in like a grotty little porter cabin and there were like goats walking around outside and everything. Like, really? Yeah, he said it was the maddest place. And I've got to shout out some of the guys over at Radio Next. There's a website called Radio Next where um, it's like a pirate radio forum where people talk about all kinds of stuff, posting pictures of like old studios and whatnot. And someone listened to Primetime's episode and actually found a picture of the old studio and they were like i can absolutely 100 percent confirm that there were goats wandering around in that studio like actual <laughs> fucking farmyard animals bruv no so way. 
So yeah, professional <laughs> studios are definitely the way forward. But yeah, it took a long time oh, yeah. for people to to get there. Um, when, how long was you on Rinse for? Just a brief period of time. So I had two spells from there. I was on there from about 2005, um, probably early 2005, for about a year or so. But I was doing because I was doing. I was just that station. I always wanted to get on. Like, yeah. and um, I gave them. I had to do, did a demo tape, and I went to one there. Not had a night in Romford, um, Pacific Edge. And I went down there. I think I'd been texting to the studio over the like, previous month or two. And it was Uncle Doug's, funny enough, who was uh, part of the management at the time. And uh, he said, yeah, bring a, bring a, like, get us a tape or whatever. So did a tape, a bit of hosting on it, and then took it down to their night in uh, Romford, gave them the tape, and then got a call about a week or so later saying I was coming, I was getting a show. But my first show, I was doing, um, it was like Friday night, Saturday mornings, 3 a.m. until 5 a.m. So it's proper like, graveyard shit. But I was just so happy to be on there. So I was going, um, yeah, going up there, going up into London to do it every every week, and that was a uh, yeah, loved it. And I was, I was pretty on. I'd say the first time around, they they put yeah, put about a year, and then they moved me on to as after being on there for a couple of months, they put me on to seven till nine a.m. and I think at nine to eleven after that in the mornings. But that's when I started because I was in the night when I was doing the sort of graveyard shift. I was playing my garage stuff, which I still love. But then in the mornings, I thought I'm going to start doing something a bit different and like keep it a bit more soulful early in the morning. So I started playing my soulful house stuff. And I think I probably was one of the uh, first DJs sort of playing that sort of sound and rinse. But I did that for a little while. And then I was thinking, because oh, I, I was thinking, because it was more a lot of grime dubstep on there as well. Yeah. I was thinking probably not the right station for me to be on, like long term. So I thought I'd try and I basically got into house FM because I thought it's more chance of getting bookings, that sort of thing, you know. So I moved on to thereafter. Yeah, yeah, that was it. yeah. With with Rince, they were also very good at when they wanted to change up the style and change what they were doing. They had no problems with cutting DJs off. Yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean, like because they they it's why they've been so successful. They built a brand based on oh yeah what music they were pushing at that time, whether it was grime, funky, dubstep, like even Oops. jungle and, and and grime and stuff back in the day. Like they knew that they'd get to a point where they could just get rid of as many people as they wanted and they had a queue yeah. of DJs lying and oh I, yeah and they were all names to get on that station I yeah. was desperate to get on that station over the years I was but, lucky enough to play on there a couple of times I went back on there actually funny enough after I'd left House FM because I, I, I had a bit of a break after that and then um, I think I changed jobs and I was, I was working in North London so I thought I'd come down I, thought, I, I think I um, spoke to Genius and he said he, he basically said I could come back on and um, I started doing an evening show I think it was five till seven in the evenings on like a Wednesday or first, I think it was a Thursday. I did that, probably only done that for about six months, but I was enjoying that as well. So I did that for a little while. No, that's decent time, mate. Like five till seven's like, well, it's drive time technically, isn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a really good show. And again, again, playing more house. But then he started saying, I know they were saying about, because I know you've, when I listened to your um, podcast with BQ and uh, about True FM. Yep. And, I, and they started saying about me moving over to there. So not so, really the style for True FM, what you play. Really. Like maybe, oh, yeah. maybe the garage stuff, but there wasn't, I don't know, there was a couple of DJs on there that would play a little bit of like the head candy sort of funky-ish house, you know what I mean? But there yeah, was that, never really... Yeah, sort of funky house, yeah. Yeah, there was never really anyone on there that was playing like proper US, like deep soul, like that kind of vibe that, that we're into, do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, well, that's the sort of stuff I've played, obviously, like real soul, all yeah. that sort of stuff, like um, Sean McCabe. Um, fanatics, all that sort of stuff. But they, you know, they were saying about me going on there. So I, so I think I ended up going on to True FM, um, only briefly, to be truthful. 
I think I was on there only for two or three months. Yeah. I was doing like a Thursday night. I think I did the 10 to 12 in the evening, in the night time. Did that for a while. But yeah. yeah. Busy station, but I, I just, yeah, for me, it's like, as I say, with Rinse, they knew a direction they were going in and what sort of music they were and weren't going to have on there. And yeah, for me, True wasn't really a station for Soulful House. It was more your, your upfront sort of cheesy garage station more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, I weren't on there too long. I did, I did, it, was good, it was a really good station, to be fair. But yeah, yeah I did a few shows on there. And then, um, yeah, I kind of, by that time as well, because I, I sort of, falling out of love with it a little bit because I weren't really like the records like record shopping and that weren't the same one it was either so I was yeah. so I love obviously things were switching over more digitally as well so everyone was more on that CDJs and um which I still I do like but for me I much prefer vinyl and I was starting I'd sort of go, after that I think I think I had a break after that actually from DJing I didn't do pirate radio for a little while after that yeah but still obviously always collected music and, and play oh yeah yeah yeah, of course. So of course. You, you mentioned it. Um, obviously, I said your vinyl collection's superb. Uh, like the amount of tracks that you pull out and put up on your Instagram on a daily basis is is absolutely insane. I love it. Uh, you could literally get lost on your Instagram for hours and hours and hours. Like, I, I have to resist temptation sometimes because you post so many tunes that I've got, but then you post for everyone you post that I've got. You post another one I've never heard or I haven't got, and I'm like, I have to resist the urge. Sometimes I'll be laying in bed at ten o'clock at night, and you'll have posted that, and I'm like, oh my god, what is that tune? And I've got to get up and try and find it online and I'm like no stay in bed otherwise you'll be up till <laughs> two in the morning on, on a deep dive going down YouTube rabbit holes trying to find remixes and yeah no I can't can't do it to myself but um yeah you, you know obviously you've got a massive vinyl collection you, and you mentioned there about switching over to digital like was it something is it, is it something you've kind of done have you have you backed up all of your records onto like mp3 nah, nah? No, but I'll be, I'll be, I was because I was playing like when, when I was on house of I was Downloading stuff in Tracksource as well, so I've got quite a big collection of stuff. I'm still got it on my laptop, and also I've still got like about three or three CD wallets full of yeah. CDs from those days. So I've got loads of it still, and I'll, I, 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 haven't, I haven't mixed on CDJs for about ten years. But um, I'm gonna. I did. I did buy a pair at the time, and uh, I, I, did, I had them for a little while, but then I ended up selling them. But it's something that I'm probably gonna go and buy at some point. So to be truthful, because now I feel like I should do really. Yeah, you could just buy the USB ones and like, yeah, we've got to use CDs anymore, have you? Or just a controller. Exactly, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. But I've got I've got so much stuff on, on CDs that I need to sort of get onto yeah. my laptop, you know what I mean? So I can put it onto USB or whatever. Yeah, during that last lockdown, I actually managed to sit down and go through a load of old CD folders and rip a load of stuff. Yeah. That it had just been sat there from like... 2011 12 when everyone yeah. every everyone went from uh maybe cds maybe usbs to like just usbs so yeah, yeah. I've, I've managed to rip a load of stuff off a cd and mate i ain't gonna lie it took fucking ages but it didn't take as long. Yeah, so that's the problem I ain't got, it takes yeah. long, doesn't it? it didn't take as long as ripping vinyl does because i've sat with with well, one of my boys and, and tried to do that before and it's just like yeah. it's too much it's, it's great to listen to the tunes but it's like yeah so Fuck me! If you're trying to rip like, if you're trying to rip an EP and it's got four tracks on there that are seven minutes long each, it's like it's, like, it's half hour out of your day, and that's before you've even oh, saved yeah. it and named it and everything else. So like, it's long. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I can't even bother to be honest. Never get I've done around a few to tracks. it. Here and there, a few tracks over the years. I've done a few, but yeah, I can't be bothered to be honest. 
not too many. It's it's good to rip. I think it's good to rip the rare, the like the rarest ones just to make sure that you've got it in case. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what yeah, I mean? In case it ever gets warped or some toss and nicks yeah. it when you're out and about or whatever. You know, it's the ones some that ones... actually mean something. And like you, yeah. would, you would struggle. Like if you've got a decent white and you'd struggle to get it again. Like it's always yeah. handy to have that backed up. And some of those tracks, some of the some of them never came out digitally either. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So you've got a nice have a little backup on those ones. Yeah, there, there's load, there's loads of stuff that you sit and every now and again something will pop up on like a streaming site or a re-release on Traxels, and I'll be like, oh, I forgot about that tune. I remember the white label back in the day, like, and but it's so rare. There's, yeah, as you say, there's some stuff that would just never ever get re-released, man. But if you, were, if you were lucky enough to be there first time round, even to hear some of that music, to be yeah. lucky enough, like I listen to, I don't go out much nowadays, but I see like videos and stuff from social media from like from the youth of today, shall we say, that grow yeah. up And I listen to the music, and I think in comparison, I know they probably think it's the bollocks, but for me, in comparison from hearing it all for the first time, it's like, nah, that's dog shit. Like, it's just, <laughs> that's no disrespect to any of the new producers because there's a lot of good people of out there, but, um, and, and definitely not Soulful House because Soulful House still has the, it's timeless music in my opinion. Um, it is, yeah, it is, yeah. Like, but yeah, some of the new stuff and the tech house and stuff, I listen to it and I'll just think, what in the fuck is this monotonous noise? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not for me at all. So yeah, we, I think we were lucky enough to to be around for the first time when it all came out. So obviously you took your, your, your bit of a break. You know, what did you get up to in the in-between time? When, when did you sort of start getting back into DJing and <laughs> were you playing out over that time? No, not really. I, I basically, I think, um, yeah, from about 2009, I, I sort of just completely stopped. And um, I started doing the knowledge, like to be a black, uh, London black cab driver. Yep. So basically after that, I, just, I was so busy doing the knowledge and I was working yeah. as well at the same time but in my other job. And um just didn't have time really. So I just did that for three years and then started being a cab driver. And then um, starting a bit more time again. So I sort of set my decks up again, you know, got it all out again. And um, just started playing, yeah, just started listening to my records and I really started missing the music, like thinking about all these tunes and everything. So I brought records. This is probably now, probably about four or five years later, probably two, about 2014, 2015, I started getting my decks out again and like having a little few mixes, that sort of thing, missing the music. And I started buying a few bits and pieces, just sort of like Juno Records online, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, that was it really. I haven't played out or anything like that, no radio, anything like that. But um, yeah, to start getting a bit more into it. And then that's when I set up this Instagram page. House, around, house, house Garage Classics, right? House Garage Classics. Yeah, I just thought, to be truthful, I'd seen a few other people doing it on there. Um, and I just thought, you know what, it's quite not a bad idea. I thought I'd just have a little mess about, post up a few tunes and a bit of fun or whatever and see how it goes really. And um, But yeah, the more I did it, obviously the following starts building up a little bit. And um, just started getting back in, more into the DJ side of things, doing a few more mixes, that sort of thing. And then started getting a few, yeah, a few more followers. And then, yeah, it's just gone from there, really. Uh, uh, it's it's interesting. I'm, I, I flicked all the way back through to the start of it today just to it's see. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's not great the first ones. No, nah, but it's, it's interesting to see the way you, you, you've maintained a particular angle and a style of the way you've done them. So it's almost like your own particular brand on the Instagram page. And I love the way you do the new ones where you put the actual like record in the background and it's there yeah. and it all looks pucker. How do you how do you record everything? Is it just through the sound on the phone or do you like record the audio and put it on it? No, so what I do... Um, I, I, originally, I literally just used to hold my phone and point <laughs> it at the record, basically, try to get a decent angle. Yeah, I saw and the early ones. I saw the early ones. Yeah, yeah. Not, the sound quality is not good. But um, 
Then I uh, bought this thing called like an iRig, and you can plug it into the back of the mixer, basically in the output of the back of the mixer, um, straight into your phone, basically, and then do it that way. And that that cost me like about 10 or a fee base to do that. And that's that's the way that I was doing it for up till about two or three months ago. Yeah. And then um, I bought this thing called, a, you probably heard of it, the Evermix box. Yep. And I bought that, and that sound quality is a bit, seemed a bit better on that. So I thought, get that, make it a little bit more, try and make it be as professional as I can anyway. And, uh, you know, obviously re- in the last year or so, I've changed the angle. Like, so I'd have my, uh, you'd see other, other parts of my record collection in the background yeah. in, the, in the rack. So I thought that'd be another sort of thing to add to it, just to make it look a bit better, really. But, it's, yeah. it's, it's pucker, mate. Honestly, as I say, I could spend hours on there just flicking through it and just getting completely and utterly gassed and, you know, okay. t- spending a week's wages on fucking trying to get hold of the same thing. I get so many people saying that so I get like a lot of messages saying, no, I'm back on Discogs or whatever. But they're always trying to see the, a lot of the tracks I've got or whatever and they're going back on Discogs and buying them and all this sort of stuff. So pretty costing people a bit of money, I think. Yeah, it. for sure. For sure. But I'm still, I mean, I'm still buying, a, I still buy a lot of vinyl. I mean, I'm still, the stuff that I, like, you know, like, as I said about the old pirate tapes and some of the old tape packs, some of the tracks on those tape, I never used to have any idea what they were. Yeah. Until, like, the last couple of years, you know, just from other people, like UK Garage Classics, he's got a decent account on there as well. Yeah. And he, he posts up some stuff and there'll be stuff in there he plays or other people as well. Um, that I've never heard before. Well, sorry, I never knew the, the IDs before. And now, obviously, managed to track them down myself. So yeah, you, I'm always trying to get, especially after the sort of mid '90s, late '90s US garage stuff. That's what I love, like Tommy Musto, Victor yeah. Simonelli, um, Smack Productions. I love love their stuff. All yeah. that sort of stuff. You know, I'm always trying to sort of pick up. I'm still, I'm always finding tracks that I've not heard before or. Didn't know yeah. the names of. There's there's loads of stuff. Sometimes I'll hear stuff nowadays. It's like a an edit of a tune. I completely forgot. Like there was one that came out um a couple of years ago. DJ Dove Illusions. There was a New York Stomp remix of it, and I, I oh, vaguely wow. remember hearing the original version. Like when I was a kid okay. back in the nineties, and then they brought out this other version, which is like a hard deep house version. I was like oh my God, what the fuck is that? And then it dawned on yeah. me, I knew the tune from before. So, and then you oh, right. go and listen to the other stuff by Dove and you go and like, you just end up yeah. on these. Like, this is what I mean, bro. I can't. He's made, he's made some good tunes over the years. I mean, yeah, proper. Yeah, I, I can't sit there on your Instagram for too long because I'm just like, rabbit hole, mate. It sucks me. <laughs> when, when did you like start to notice that it was gaining traction and, and building up such a big following? Well, I started getting some well-known, some of the sort of DJs and producers that I've sort of idolised over the years, they started, because I've always started, I'll always take them in. Yeah. And not, not, sometimes they might like it if I was lucky. Yeah. I, was, I was just doing it, it's a bit of fun. But then some of them started following me and got a few, yeah, some of my favourite producers and that. And I sort of started to think I've got something good here. And then, yeah, it's just, as I say, as a following, I think especially during lockdown 2020, because I think where everyone was working from home or wherever, or furloughed, you, you had more time around. So I think my following grew a lot over that period of time because everyone's yeah. at home, you know. And so I was posting pretty much, because I'm a black, as I said, I'm a black cab driver. So I weren't really working at the time because obviously there's no, there no one about in London. So I had a lot of time on my hands at home. Well, I was a bit of a stay-at-home dad at the time because the, the missus was still working, but I was looking after the kids. But, um, but I had a lot of time to record records and buying a few bits and pieces on discogs and but the, uh, my following grew a lot over that period of time i think and i think that's pretty one of the reasons it grew a lot quite quickly yeah 
But so you said you, you kind of started that around what 2014, 15, that sort of time? Well, I saw the Instagram page was pretty 20, end of 2018, I think. Oh, really? That late? Doing it for about just over three, about three, just over three years now. Yeah. Bloody yeah. hell, that's just decent, decent yes. numbers you got following you on there for three years, mate. That's not bad at yeah, all. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2014 was more when I was just playing, like playing records. You know what I mean, just having a little mix up and that. So, did you did you get back more into DJing after that? Did you crack back on with, with clubs or radio or anything? Well, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't done a lot. I've done a few radio shows and I've got a few guest shows I've done over the, over the lot in a lot. It's probably the last year that things have started to have a little bit like done a couple of bookings. Um, I've just started a, a radio on the Garage House radio show. I don't know if you know, that yeah, station. I, I, I caught a little bit of it the other day, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, thanks, yeah. Um, I'm doing 12, doing 12 till 2 p.m. on there, like bi weekly, which is quite a nice little state, nice station to be on. Um, done a few, I was on Project FM for a little while, did a few shows on there, okay. Um, and a couple of other bookings, but this year I'm hoping it's a year I want to try and try and take it to another level and try and get back out there, get playing out. That's the main thing, really. What I want to do now. I've got a couple of coming up in April. I saw you got back on uh, on Rinse FM for a show as well. Oh, that was with uh, Abel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did a superb DJ man. What a fucking DJ. He's a really good DJ. Yeah, I've known him quite a long time actually, and um, yeah, it was not. Yeah, I was lucky that he asked me to do a little guest mix for him. Yeah, I, I saw. I did. I saw um, clips of you playing out um, a couple months ago. Now, actually, it looked quite decent. I think it was over in Hackney somewhere. It looked all right. It was. Yeah, that was for Dan, Danny Langan. He's got a. He had a night. He does a night at the uh, Hackney Social. Yeah. Every he does it every few months, and um, yeah, he invited me down to play there, and that was that was good. It's really good, really good night actually. How's it feel that you know, like after so many years of loving off, you know, the radio and everything else, that like now you seem to be getting these like really decent, but decent bookings where you can go and actually play the music that you love, and you know, obviously for for a period of time there when you take time off and it kind of the passion goes a little bit. Now it's back and ev- everyone seems to be a little bit more buzzing now that lockdowns off and everything else. How does, yeah. it, how does it feel for you to sort of be like, oh yeah, like yeah, I'm I'm kind of here again now. Like as this happens, yeah. kind of come around in a massive circle. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it was good. I mean, I hope, as I say, this year I really want to try and get playing out a lot, a lot more regularly. That's my main thing. Now I've got the radio. I've been wanting to do a radio show as well for a little while, which I've now, which I'm doing, which I can do from home as well. So it's quite nice. It works quite well being on Garage House Radio and do it from home. Um, but no, it feels good to be out. I want to get back out there, really. That's the main thing. I've got a couple other bookings coming up, hopefully in April. Um, one on Record Store Day, which is through To The Rock Records. I've got a nice little label. Um, going to be playing for them at a venue. I can't what the venue's called now. It's down Hackley Road. It's on the 23rd of April. So I'm going to be doing that. And there's a couple other little things that should be coming up soon as well. Not 100% confirmed yet, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be good to get playing that, that music as well. That night is House and Garage. But I just love that music. And yeah. I don't think it gets played enough. Do you know what I mean? So I no. feel that I want to... I'm always trying to dig out tunes that you don't hear that much. Do you know what I mean? Some of these little rare tracks and everything so forgotten gems i think a lot of people they also yeah. like a lot of people have it in their collection and then they're all like, i'm i'm a i'm a bit of a musical snob i'm not gonna lie to you like <laughs> and like when you hear people like playing dj sets and one minute they're playing you know some old school todd edwards and the next minute they're playing them two destiny it's like for me 
that's it's like chalk and cheese. You know what I mean, I don't really want to hear them yeah, two in the yes. same set. Someone like you, when I go into like I've listened to your mixed cloud or you know, when I caught a bit of your show, it's like there's there's actual it's consistent, do you know what I mean? There's something there to listen to, and that's why that's my favorite sort of DJ. Do you know what I mean? If I if I tune into someone for them two hours, like not necessarily I know exactly what they're gonna play, but I know that when I tune in, I hear the first tune. I know what that set's going to be like and I'm there for it or, or I'm not there for it. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as that. But yeah, that's what I appreciate with DJs like yourself, like real connoisseurs. Do you know what I mean? That just know like how, how to actually play a set and yeah, mate, long, long may that continue. And and yeah, I hope you actually get, get a lot more bookings and a lot more recognition. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> mate, it's even just based on the graph that you've put in on the Instagram, like you're bringing hours and hours of joy to people from just from posting clips. So, do you know what I mean? You deserve a little bit of, a little bit of love as far as I'm concerned. Um, in in terms of the Instagram, uh, yeah. how long does it take you to actually sit there and put these videos up and everything else? Because that's one thing for me is I'm bare impatient. So if something takes more than a minute, yeah. when I sit and save this this video on Zoom afterwards, yeah. it takes yeah. like an hour or so to convert. And I'm just like, yeah. fucking, uh, do you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and then I've got to like edit it and put it on YouTube. It's the one thing about this podcast I cannot stand is the editing yes, process. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but but for you, is have you got it down to like a, a quick sort of like process now where you can just go bang and it's done? It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty quick and simple. So you, obviously you can only do one minute videos, one minute clips on Instagram. So I'll go up then. What I'll do sometimes if I'll pretty usually do it in sort of batches. I'll go and record like 10, 15 tracks. I don't get time every day to do it. So yeah. I'll record a load of different tracks and then, so, so what I'll do is sometimes I'll just do one post I'll post one record and it'll be like um, I don't know like a master work record or whatever but then other times I'll do my thing called like a I'll do it called like Sunday selections yep. and I'll do like five or six tracks in one go which are and then that'll just be a little selection of them so it takes a bit longer to do that depending on how much time I've got but I'll try and, I'll try and record about probably 15 records in one go and then I'll probably do that say three times a week maybe mm. four times a week when I get time just when I get time really so it's not, it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's a long process really in general. Pretty spent about half hour at the time when I do it. Um, just, after that, I just decide which ones I'm going to post up. You know, that's yeah. what I do really. Out of all the people that you, you know, you said you had a few people hit you up and give you likes and that. Is there anyone who's actually like hit you up and you've sort of gone, fuck it, no? Well, one of my favourite producers, Tommy Mustard, I spoke to him a couple of times on, on just on, because when I post his stuff up, he's, he sometimes just says, oh, thanks for posting or whatever, yeah. stuff like that. Um, I don't know what Tommy Eds. <laughs> spoke to Cole Brown a couple of times. Um, just a few others. I can't, I can't really remember that, to be honest, but, but I've had a few, just little ones like, because I've, Things like Louis Vega, not not private message, but he's like liked yeah. things or commented stuff like that. Or Kerry Chandler as well. He's liked a few of my when I put some of his tracks up, just stuff like that. Really, it's pretty dope, though, isn't it? It's like it's, I mean, it is, yeah, it is because they're like your your idols, aren't they? They're like proper legends, and you think bloody hell, yeah. <laughs> they're actually because as I say, it's just a bit of fun. I will just do this. Uh, this this is this my setup is in my in my son's bedroom because he's got <laughs> we live in like a three bed house right so I haven't even got a spare room for the bed so I've got two kids and um, so I'm, I'm in like my decks are set up in the corner of his bedroom so they're out of the way a little bit so he's still got a decent sized bedroom but I'm in the corner and it's so I'm just doing this a bit of fun. Really. Listen, there's, there's another DJ. I'll tell you who it is off here, but there's another DJ I've had on the podcast and he's got exactly the same setup. So, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's I'm, like, I'm, it's... I'm basically behind the door. As you go in, he's, he's, he's sort of bedding that to the right. 
I'm just behind, tucked behind the door. <laughs> well, I think it's a common thing among DJs that have become dads. It's like their kids' bedrooms yeah. getting taken over at some point. I need to set up a yeah. I need to set up at some point. I want to set up a better like proper like studio, you know, like, proper music room. Yeah. But um, got to try and sort that out at some point. How many, do you know how many records you own and, and how much room do they actually take up? Because they're not, they, in, in my yard, like I've got some some of my records and I've got a lot of my mates' records here and, as well. And you know, like those Ikea shelves, like the, the, the square ones. Yeah. We've got a four by four one of those in my, in my oh, home. Oh, really? And it's just full up. It's just completely full up. So yeah. they, they take up fucking space. How, how much space does it take up in your gaff, especially with not, kids there as well? Surprisingly, not as much as you think, because because I'm right in the corner of the room, so I've got, I have actually got an IKEA storage unit. So I've got yeah. that's what you see. But you know when, when um, the, the records in the background, yeah, it's up there in the I'll background. I sort of try and put the camera so you catch two of the records in that. So I've got a load of records in there. Probably I don't know that probably holds about five five hundred six hundred records. Probably I'm guessing um, underneath my setup. I've got loads of records underneath and then yeah. some coming out as well. And then I've got like another little gap behind. So I don't know exactly. I, I reckon around 3,000-ish, I guess. But I used to have a lot more because I sold so... When I had that break from DJ and I sold loads on eBay at the time. Yeah. And um, I probably had more. Like, I reckon I had like another... I must have had another 1,000 or so that I've got. Just started getting rid of, you know. I don't know what I've got. I'm gutted now. Do you know what the problem is now? Is a lot of those records I sold, I'm now buying back. Yeah, and I'm paying more money from as well. <laughs> a lot of the UK stuff as well, the UK Gary stuff, like you know, like Underground Solution, like yeah. some of their tracks. I had a couple of them. I think, why did I sell them? And um, I'm like, I have to have them back now. And I'm paying like thirty quid for one, but I was right. pretty sold it for like a fiver or something like that. Yeah. And you think why? Like this is, we're talking like 50, well, yeah, fifteen or so years ago. But I've got a lot of regrets about some of the records I sold and end up buying a lot of them back now. Yeah, I reckon, do you reckon you've probably got some in there, though, that if you were to come upon a rainy day, you could flog for a good few hundred quid. I reckon everyone's got records in their collection. They don't even realise yeah. it's worth an absolute fortune. I don't, so I don't know, I don't know what my most valuable record is. I've, I've got things like Cape Fear, like the, you know, uh, KMA production. Yeah, yeah. I think that's about 80 quid or so. That's pretty worth, I'm guessing. Um, some of that animal mob stuff, I've got a few of them. I've got like, um, you know, like set you free. Yeah, so, so, some of the animal mob stuff is worth doing. Yeah, they got, yeah, I've never got any of the confetti. Like things like confetti doubles, I've never ever got hold of them, and mm. I can't pay the money for them now because they're, they're like two, three hundred quid, aren't they? Yeah. I'm still going to pay that money for them. But uh, what's the other one? The green one, the Jack and Jill. Do you know the, what's it called? I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can't yeah. use the animal mob remix. That's probably yeah. worth a bit, I think. Yeah, I think I've got, I've got, got I've got an MP3 of it, but I don't think we've got the record. Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got that, and that's that's in really good condition. Yeah. Like, I would imagine that's worth a fair bit now. Oh, definitely, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so that's more, one of my more valuable ones, I guess. I'm guessing anyway. Yeah, don't leave that one in your kids' bedroom, mate. You want to lock that? <laughs> no, away. Oh, don't. Yeah, that way. <laughs> Some of my dub plates as well, because I had a few. I've got a few dub plates from over the years, and um, they're always out of the way because I think some of the kids get older then. <laughs> do, you, do you miss it do you actually miss going to record shops and that or do, do you still get to it because I know some places still have stock but there's not really yeah. that many decent record shops about not for house and garage music like I know I've popped into Reckless in Soho a couple of times yeah I go there quite regularly still yeah they've got a couple of bits in there um, 
but yeah, it's not the same as going as going uptown or going Rhythm Division no. or down in South. We had a couple of decent ones. Like it's just, yeah, like we used to go to like Banquet Records in Kingston. You could buy rave tickets okay. there as well. Like they yeah. used to be like it used to be a proper little community thing. Like, do you miss it? Because for me, it's I miss not, it. yeah, going through stuff online is good because you can get lost, but it doesn't really like beat Saturday afternoon going down there. Like we used to go to like um DNR in Croydon on a Saturday oh, yeah. afternoon before we went radio. Like just and just yeah. just get whatever we could, even if it weren't like even if it was saying old that we didn't have a copy of. Do you know what I mean? I remember going there and buying Feel My Love like on solo and uh, oh, really? yeah we didn't have a copy of it on vinyl. Me and my mate went there and he bought it and I was like fucking yes yeah, like that got, re- that got repressed in it on there I think yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They had a remix in there. Yeah. yeah, it came out. There was a remix on one side of it that weren't all that, but then the original they put on the other thing is like a pink cover yeah. for uh, solo records. But yeah. yeah, so we went and bought that and a couple of other bits. So we were just gassed to buy this really old record oh, that yeah. we never actually had a copy yeah. of. So yeah. do you miss it as much as I do? I miss it so much. Like yeah. I used to, every Saturday, I'd be, some, sometimes I'd just go up to Rhythm Division, Bo, I'd go up there sometimes. And that's when you had like Hermit and Daniel Ward in there quite a lot. They were in there quite a, a lot on Saturdays. I'd go to um, where I'm in Essex. I'd go Sound Zone Records as well in uh, Basildon. That was, a, that was a nice shop, actually. I used to pick up quite a few bits. But my favourites, to be true, were like so I like Black Market, Uptown, then Dan's Release the Groove. I used to love going there. That was, probably, that was probably my favourite Release the Groove, actually, over the years. Um, and then obviously, like, even like later years, like when we were saying about the Soulful House, like they taught me 2000s. They had that final junkie shop down Berwick Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that place? Yeah. That was a nice little shop. I used to pick up some good stuff in there as well. But over the years, I used to go up there a lot on Saturday afternoons, you know, most weeks, really. So I miss it a lot. Yeah, it's a definite community thing. And it's like, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it, I think it was a nicer way. I'm, I kind of missed the peak of it because I'm like a little bit, a little bit younger than most. But like, I, I, Whenever I went, it felt like more of a community thing than what we have nowadays with, or certainly during my time of like having to be at events and sort of like kiss people's asses on social media to try and like be friendly with people. And like, for me, the record shop culture was much more genuine than that bollocks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Definitely. So for you, obviously, you know, talking, you, you mentioned there that you've got some bookings coming up and, and the radio show. Um, how, you know, how are you feeling about, you know, being back in the clubs and uh, is it, do, is it something you want to go out and just do more and be at more venues or are you only really looking to go out and, and be there if you've got a purpose to be there? Cause I know for me, you ain't getting me out of bed unless I'm getting paid or unless, do you know what I mean? Unless it's <laughs> worth going to, like I'm never going to go just to go. Um, no, not close. How, how is it for you? Are you going to put a bit, a bit of time in and just go as a raver or are you there strictly to just go and create the vibes? Um, pretty, pretty more. I mean, I've been to a couple of nights recently, um, just as a, in the crowds, but yeah, I want to, I want to get back. DJ, DJing is the main thing. That's what I want to be playing out. You know, that's what I'll, cause I feel like I should have done a lot more when I was younger. I feel like I should have done like the late nineties, early 2000s. I feel like I wish I'd have played out more. I didn't really put a lot of effort in there, you know, and now I'm like, I've got a real ready to sort of give it a proper go now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was you much of a raver back in the 2000s or? Yeah, I used to go. I used to go out a lot. Like every every, not so much London though. It's always that because we, we we was lucky because we had a night called Cultural Vibes down at a place called Zeros in South End. And every Saturday you would have like uh, be like Dream Team, Cold yeah. Brown, Matt Jam Lamont, uh, EZ, and all the best Gary Studios were playing every Saturday. And we'd go down there and every Saturday because we're like, twenty minutes away for us, you know, with yeah. me and my mates. So we'd be down there every Saturday, and then 
in the week as well, was, we had a night, uh, Pure Silk used to do a night as well at one of the other clubs in South Ends on a Thursday night. And you was getting up like, DJS and whatever guests they had coming down as well. So I was quite lucky with that. Like, that's pretty, what, 98 to about 2000 time. And then I used to go out and romp for the lot, you know, the four by four nights. That's yeah. I, went to, I used to go to them, like EZs and Tough Jam, obviously Todd Edwards, MJ Cole, we all playing there. So I was, I was lucky that there was a lot of the clubs up around my area. I was only about half an hour away from a lot of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did go to London as well, don't get it wrong. But, but then you, you, yeah. also had, uh, you also had Baz Vegas as well. I went once. I went to um, someone. I can't remember who was DJing there, but when I was on Fat Beats, um, there was an MC called Stallion who used to come down and do some MCing. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, 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 little fella, and he used to Ricky, I think his name was, and he used to, uh, I, I think he used to host at that Baz Vegas. And oh, we, used, yeah, we used to go to this venue down there, and I think it was like twenty five pounds to get in on a Sunday, but it was like free drink. Oh so, yeah, that's that was like Diva. It was because the clubs were icon. It was icon on Diva, and the yeah. big club was icon. And the little room was Diva. I bet it was that one. I bet I think it was. Yeah, I think it, it changed, changed names over the years. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it wasn't a massive place, but um, yeah, it was like yeah, twenty five quid to get in. Drink drinks were all free, and yeah. um, yeah, no, it was just it was messy, man. But that was around two thousand and. Eight, nine. I only went. I only went there once, maybe twice. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was enough for me, mate. You people do it. Probably different a mission to you as well, though. If you're in, you're in London, obviously. Well, so. my mate, my mate was driving, um, and then yeah, we're just kind of crashing the car until we sobered up, and then just drive back. So. <laughs> 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 on, a, on a Monday morning, bruv. Sometimes, yeah. traffic, you know what I mean, it's not the one, but but yeah, you lot are built different out there on them sides, man. It's a uh, yeah, it's a whole other world when you step outside uh, outside the uh, zone six, mate. Trust me, it's a bit mad. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so in terms of the bookings and that, remind me again what you've got going on. So you said, was it uh, To The Rock? Was that April? That's April 21st. That's Record Store Day. Um, yeah, so I'm doing it. It's actually just been announced tonight. He's done a little video on Instagram tonight. Hey, I saw you post it, actually, before we came. Yeah, yeah. so I'm doing, I'm doing that on the uh, 23rd of April. I've got another thing, hopefully, in Brick Lane, at 93 feet east in April as well. And there's another one. In, I'm trying to think of a date. The other one I got something towards the end of April as well. Can't think. But it's not that one's not 100 confirmed yet, so can't really say where it is yet. But and in but terms, they're, they're just a, in terms of mixes and stuff like that, um, how many? Um, how often are you going to be putting out mixes on your mix cloud? Because every time you posted one up, it's been it's been decent. How often are they going to be going out? I don't know because I've been doing the show because I've started doing a radio show now. I do the yeah. show every every other week, so I've just been reposting that. I have got, an, I've just done a mix recently, which should hopefully be coming out very soon, like a 90s house and garage, um, yeah, 90s house and garage mix. So that should be out hopefully in the next week or two. So I haven't really got any structures to be truthful with that. Yeah. With that. I'm just, I've got a few, I've, I've had a couple of other people um, ask me to do guest mixes for that, for them as well. So I'm going to do them. And when to win, I should be doing a mix for him soon as well for his radio show, hopefully. Excellent. Um, so yeah, stuff like that really. Shouts out to Wes Wint, podcast guest, yeah. old friend of mine. Yeah, um, no, I listen to, I listen to, yeah. I've known yeah. him quite a while. Yeah, mate, no, Wes is a really good guy and he's he's someone he is, good yeah. to know. Um, yeah, and he's, he's got a show on, on My House Radio, which is which is obviously yes. wicked. Mate, it's it's good to see that you're doing, you know, a regular show for yourself and that as well. One thing I was going to ask, um, and I'll, I'll probably know the answer because I think you're probably similar to me in this regard, but production... Did you ever get into it? Would you want to get into it? Is it something that you might want to turn your attention to in the future? Or is it something that you haven't really got time to be bothered with? 
it's something that I've always wanted to do. And I did give it a brief go. Um, when I was at Ritz, I bought, I bought a Mac, got all the, got a load of equipment, put out his shop up in um, Romford Way, and just tried to have a go. I was just, I've got logic. Yeah. I just couldn't get my head around it. And um, yeah, I just couldn't get around it. I, just, I was really, that, that, that age as well, I probably weren't, that, I didn't have the patience for it really. And I just gave up on it, to be truthful with you. I gave it a bit of go and it, I just thought it's not for me. But now I'm a bit older, I feel like, I haven't got loads of time in the hands, but I want to try and give it a go. Hopefully, maybe this year. Just I was even thinking about just doing a studio call. Like, well, you can do these like quick courses, can't you? Just get a bit. Of, I just need a bit of an understanding of like logic, how it all works. Yeah. Because I don't really know what I'm doing. To be careful. So, but it's something I've always wanted to get into. You know, so it's something I might think about at some point. Yeah. But I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's made for me. It's one of them things where. I've, I, well, we had a record label for a few years and put out some good tunes and I executive produced a couple of bits as in like people would send me yes. their stems and I'd finish it off. But yeah. actually sitting there creating sounds and going through like the repetitiveness of hearing the same really fucking, yeah. yeah, like I'd sit in my house and like my mate Eamon, who like I was partnered with on a label, he could sit there and play the same piece of music a hundred times over just to get a particular piece right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Bro, I can't, I, I can't do this. Like, I can't sit yeah, and hear that same fucking, that same build up and drop a hundred times in a row just to see where the snare sounds better. If you do this, I'm like, no, nah, yeah. leave, leave me alone. I can't do it anymore. Like, it's nah, just, it's, I, it's, I lack no, the, um, my missus reckons I've got ADD, but I don't know. Like <laughs> I, I lack the focus to be able to sit and do that. I'm too much like, Oh, what's that? Oh yeah, yeah, cool. I'm over there. Do you know what I mean? I can't do it, but yeah, I, I would have loved to have been able to take to it. Like some people have, like I know talking to Wes about it and Wes seems to take to it like a duck to water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's making some good tracks. Isn't he? Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. And obviously getting a lot of attention in the right places, definitely, which is great. Definitely. But yeah, no, I was always like, if you send me your tracks, like send me the stems, I can finish it off for you and arrange the music. No, I know what sounds good. I can mix yeah. it. Not a problem. But yeah. I actually sit and create from scratch. Fuck all that, mate. It's far too <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It really yeah. takes a lot of time, don't it? Do you, um, do you still listen to much pirate? I know there's not as much about nowadays, but a lot of pirates have obviously got streams online and everything else. You still listen to many shows on pirate radios? Um, not a lot to be truthful. I, sometimes when I'm working, when I'm in the cab in London, I have, I've had like Flex FM on stuff like that before. Uh, rinse still here and there. Depends who's on really. A lot of times to be truthful, I just listen back. I listen to a lot of stuff on mixed clouds. Yeah. So I'm just listening back to, it might be someone's show they've done like a day or two before or whatever. I'm just listening back to their shows. But I don't really listen to that many radio stations at the minute. Like just mainly mixed clouds, SoundCloud, that sort of thing. It ain't the same as it was. I mean, I remember, as I said to you, like I went through a period where it was it was House FM, Unknown FM, Passion, and Point Blank. Like, yes. for me, um, and I, I listened to a lot of True FM at that point. It was only Garage Station I really listened yeah. to. Maybe a bit of Sub Jam. But like at that time, those four stations for me, they were DJs that I would religiously tune into, like Lady Juris yeah. in the morning. Or yeah, I used to listen to her all the time, yeah. Yeah, or Sai says would do a Sunday on, on yeah. Unknown. And like, do you know what I mean? There was there was loads and loads and loads of proper DJs on them stations, like with Feel Good and Ram were on there. Yeah, e yeah Evo, Ram. Yeah, yeah, Evo and RST did a really good show on Passion. It was like religious points. But I think nowadays... I couldn't tell you who's on a lot of different stations, you know, like it just, it's not the same as it once was at all. Even, even the bigger internet stations, you know what I mean? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who's on. No, I might mean, but yeah, Lady Duracell used to listen to her every morning. Like she was yeah. all the South Wales, weren't she? So yep. I'd be driving up those days. I was like a HGV driver. 
I'd be driving into London to do my deliveries. She'd be on quite early, so every morning I'd have it on, you know, listen to her. She, she plays some nice stuff as well. Proper. Yeah, feel, feel good around as well. Yeah, I used to listen to them a lot. They were good yep. to listen to them on the radio. They were good. Yeah really good um and yeah i mean house of them always had great output and they'd always yeah, you know they'd always put out a lot of stuff even you know they'd, they'd have mixes that were syndicated from like louis vega and different people that they'd have on the station yeah, as well so yeah. there was always good shit to listen to could you do you reckon you could name your favorite ever pirate radio station not to play on maybe it is to play on but um in terms of like overall what do you think would be your your favorite or the best, the best station you've ever heard favorite station <laughs> it's so tough. It's a hard one, isn't it? The one, so I'm going to say two because I'm going to say one I didn't play on and one I did play on. So what the one I didn't play on, which I loved, was always Pure Magic 90.2. Yeah. Because that was East London and I could get that. Like it, I could pick it up um, down my way sometimes. If it was like, not always, but I could. And yeah. some, my nanny granddad lived near Romford Way as well. So we were staying out there for the weekend. Me and my brother would be like doing little tapes. Yeah. We have like things like DJ Reaper, um, a few of the other DJs on there would record them and listen, listen back to it afterwards. But um, so that's probably my favourite. It's one of the ones I always liked. And I might even say another one actually as well London mm. Underground, 894. Oh, wow. What a station. Yeah. And I tried to get on that station, funny enough. <laughs> because I, they had a, I think they had an advert in one of the magazines. One that, this is probably towards like late. Maybe 99, 2000. And I put in a demo to All Star Records and Wyland Rose. And I never heard nothing back, to be truthful. But that was one of the stations. But I always loved the music they played. I never, although, like, the, when they were on a bit earlier, it was a bit too, I weren't really listening in like 96, around that time when they were yeah. sort of, but it was like the later years, probably. But um, as for, in terms of the stations I played on, I'll probably have, I'll probably have to go House of Them. As much as I love, I love Rinks as well. But probably House of Them, just because I, like, I had a show on there for about two and a half, three years. And um, they have, I've played it a few of their nights, stuff like that. So yeah, that's probably my favourite. Yeah. Definitely up there. But then, I mean, pure magic. Like, as I say, a lot of them stations, I could never get them down in Southwest. Like I was always like, yeah. Like flex, flight, delight, all them stations. Yeah, whereas, yeah, whereas they never really got out your side. So it's good that so yeah. many of them sets have, have popped up now on on, on uh, uh, big up the guys that take me back. Quiet Radio, um, their their YouTube yeah. channel is amazing for stuff like it's like the YouTube equivalent of your Instagram. Like with regards, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do follow them there. Yeah, yeah, they're pucker. I need to get them on. Actually, I've been meaning to yeah. get back to those guys for ages. So, um, <laughs> and I know they listen to the show as well. So. Big up, big up them guys. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah I don't want to say who's behind it because I, 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 I kind of guess from the names that they sent me on the email. But um, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I can get at least one of them to come Smart on at some point soon. Um, but mate, thank you very much for coming on and and shooting the tonight for a little bit. And um, yeah, man, long long may things continue for you. I hope all the bookings keep coming your way and and the radio show starts doing well and stuff, mate. Really do. Where can people? We've given it away already, but where can people follow you on the social media and and check out this instagram page i've been banging on about for the last hour yeah, so it's it's um at house garage classics on instagram yeah and obviously i've got my garage house radio show which i do bi-weekly um, yep. 12 till 2 p.m which you have to listen to that through the mix lr app yeah but you put all the links and that onto the um onto yeah, the follow, instagram, instagram, anyway. follow instagram you get all the other you get all the information from there yeah, and obviously yeah. I'm, I'm a mix cloud as well which I can't actually think of the exact uh my exact uh, address for it but yeah you can get it all on my Instagram page I'll, anyway. po- I'll post a link in the description and all that yeah, cheers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well mate once again thank you so much for coming on man oh, and, uh, appreciate yeah. you inviting me mate
17 odd thousand followers and hopefully by you know by the end of this year it's another 17 on top of that and just goes from strength <laughs> mate fingers crossed for you no thanks a lot mate yeah thanks for inviting me on love the podcast no worries mate thank, well, thank you so much for the support bro it's been it's been appreciated I love getting messages from people that say they've enjoyed the shows and that especially people yeah. who like, I enjoy their content you know, I'm not really one for yeah. reaching out to people and, and talking like I'm not really like I don't really put myself across to people, do you know what I mean? So when people hit me up, I'm like, rah, someone's heard my, my show. <laughs> I, I listen to them. That's, that's fucking yeah. mad. So, mate, really appreciate you coming on, man. No, really not. Thanks for inviting me. Season two, episode 10, special guest, the one and only DJ Vital. Don't forget to follow, share, subscribe, all of that good stuff. And get in touch with the show, the Over the Hill podcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, links in the description below, links in the uh, description on Spotify and iTunes and that if you want to have a little link and look at the wonderful Instagram that is House Garage Classics, aka DJ Vital. But yeah, no idea is coming up on the next episode because I've not organised it because I'm a bit of a sloth on that. But um, yeah, stay safe, everyone. Peace out and take care.